What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm your host, and today's a special episode. We're talking about the last two episodes that aired. The first one with Athena, the second one with Chloe. If you haven't listened to those two podcasts, this is kind of like your cliff notes. So I am going to recommend that you go back and listen to them from beginning to end, because this is my perspective on what I learned from those two podcasts and what I think you should have and could have taken from them. Active Lifers. Good news for you today. Bulletproof is back. Due to popular demand, we have brought back our body part specific training programs. The Active Life team of doctors and coaches have developed four programs for you to choose from. Back, shoulders, legs, and total body. Kiss your aches and pains goodbye and finally feel great again. Check out the link in show notes for all of the details. A brief recap is that in the last two episodes, I interviewed Athena Perez, who represents the large-bodied community of individuals who want better access to fitness. She represents herself, and she speaks on behalf of her own experiences, and she has a significant following of people who feel the way that she feels. So while she would say she only represents herself, I would say she actually represents a larger audience of people who don't have the ability to articulate what she has the ability to articulate. Chloe Johnson is a transgendered woman who came onto the podcast to talk about what it is that it is like for an LGBTQ plus individual to walk into a fitness facility in the United States today and why it's difficult for them to do that sometimes, why it doesn't feel welcoming for them. In both episodes, my interest was to learn and to push back on the things that for me were disagreeable. These were not podcasts where I had people on who I just agreed with everything about. I'm also wanting to be clear that when you listen to those shows, you should take from them exactly what you want to take from them and you should leave from them exactly what you want to leave. I really don't care how you run your gym. I want you to run a gym that helps people. I want you to run a business, even if it's not a gym, that helps people. I think we should all be thinking about adding value to the world. Who you choose to add that value to is your business. Maybe you listen to both of those shows and you say, Dr. Sean, with all due respect, I don't want my gym to be full of large-bodied people. No problem. Then it shouldn't be. Dr. Sean, I don't want my gym to be full of LGBTQ+. Okay. That's your prerogative too. The purpose of me interviewing people like Athena and Chloe is that you at least gain some information so that you can make choices from an informed position instead of making choices from an ignorant one. I also know that the word ignorant carries a negative connotation and it shouldn't. It's a, it's a word defined by not knowing, by, by having a lack of awareness to a given topic. We are all ignorant about all kinds of things and the depth with which we understand certain things um, lead us to being ignorant at deeper depths. That's the point. One of the things I was discussing with 
one of our marketing leads today at Active Life was the concept that the number one reason why most gyms and probably most businesses are not making the kind of money that they want to make is because they fail to look at their failures as their own choices, as the response to choices that they made, as the result of actions that they took or didn't take. And instead, we try to blame our failures on the marketplace. I've done that. I am 100% in the camp of having been there. And so I respect where you're at if right now it's very difficult for you to look at your business and say, how could I do a better job? when you think you're already doing a great job. In fact, it might be frustrating for you that there are other gyms in your area or other businesses in your area that are successful despite having an inferior product to what you believe that you have. And you've been told the whole time, all you need to do is be great and everybody's going to come to your business. And now you're sitting around saying, where's the truth in that? The, the truth in that just doesn't exist for me. And I want to point out to you that there is so much going on in a successful business that you're not necessarily seeing that can be holding you back. And until we recognize that all of us, myself included today, are failing to help people who are paying us for our help so that we can better improve our services and make it easier for more people like the ones who we want to support to come find our business and work with us, the longer we are going to struggle, the longer you are going to struggle. You do not have to struggle. You can find ways to make money doing work that you love and are passionate about. It is not a choice of do work that I love and I'm passionate about or do work that makes me money. You do not have to choose. You can choose to only be willing to do work to make money that you love and are passionate about. And if you put yourself against that wall where you're not allowed to do anything else besides work that you love and are passionate about to make money, you will be forced to find a way to make money doing work that you love and are passionate about. No excuses. If you opened a gym or a business in an area where you're now complaining that it is too expensive to operate that business there, there are no customers for your business in that area. The taxes in that area are too high for you to be successful. Nobody wants to work in your business in that area and you stay in business. What you need to recognize is that you have dissonance to the reality that either you and your processes and your choices are the problem in your business or you are right. The area that you are in is prohibitive of you being successful and it's time to close your doors and go get a job or close your doors and reopen them somewhere else where you can be more successful. You may have opened your gym in a market where there wasn't an obvious path to success, but you were an immature, ambitious, pre-business owner who thought you could do it anyway. And now you realize that it was a mistake. Stop compounding your mistake and move your business. Or figure out how to make it work. The only way you do that is by discontinuing blaming everybody around you and beginning to take credit for both the successes and the failures in your business as results of the actions and the choices that you did or did not take. Let's get to the podcasts because what I just talked to you about, you're going to be able to take that information and apply it to the podcasts. In both podcasts, the guests were talking about 
the audiences that they fit into, feeling as though, whether it's true or not in your facility, feeling as though they're not welcome. They're not welcome. That's how they feel. Now, you might say, like I might say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do to make you feel welcome. I run a business that is welcoming to everybody. And if you don't feel welcome enough to come in, I don't know what to tell you. And if you listen to the podcast, you will hear ways from Athena and from Chloe that you can start to actionably make people feel more welcome. Now, is it your responsibility to do that? No, it's not. In fact, on the episode with Chloe, one of the things that she described that she believes every gym should do if they want to be more welcoming to LGBTQ plus is hang a pride flag. I was adamant I wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't I hang a pride flag? Is it because I hate LGBTQ plus people? Is it because I'm intolerant? Is it because I really don't want them to come in? I just want them to think that they can come in so that I can uh, walk a path of virtue in my own mind, but not in reality? No, no, it's none of those things. The reason why I would never fly a pride flag in my business these days is because the moment that I hang a flag that we do not all fall under, like the American flag, I become judged by the flags I choose to fly and the flags I choose not to fly. What that means is every time that somebody from a community that feels marginalized comes to me and says, I feel marginalized in American society today and I don't feel comfortable walking into your gym. If you hung my flag that represents my cause, more people like me would feel comfortable coming into your gym. I then have to do that. Because if I say to some organizations yes and to some organizations no, then I'm making choices based on, frankly, incomplete information. There are organizations that support Jewish people, which I am, that I don't support. I do support Jewish people. So I don't want to be put in the position to have to hang a flag for everybody and anybody who wants to feel welcome coming into my business and needs a flag to know that it's okay. So I would not hang a flag. Now, the question is, do you want to? Just because I say no doesn't mean that you shouldn't. And just because I say yes doesn't mean that you should. When Athena was talking about how to make large-bodied people feel more comfortable walking into the gym. She brought up things that I'm all for. And by the way, Chloe also brought up things that I'm all for, and one of them, they shared. What if you had rooms for people to change in that were not organized by gender so that all the men could be in there together and all the women could be in there together? Now, for somebody like Athena, 
The cause of that is we're talking about private changing rooms for one person at a time in which somebody who doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin doesn't have to take their clothes off in front of a bunch of other people to see what they look like underneath. Them. In the case of Chloe, it was speaking to the idea that we don't have to worry about people walking into a gendered room if they don't feel as though they fit one of those genders. To me, both of those problems are solved by having rooms that people can walk into and change without having to be subjected to anybody else or any kind of a, an identity that they're choosing. Now, what I went further with when I talked to Chloe on this topic especially was, I believe that we need to find a way that all of the solutions that we put in place to make places more inclusive for an individual group of people are ROI positive for the gym. If the gym can see why doing something like this makes them more money, then they have a decision to make about, do I want to make more money in that way or not? But at least they are making a decision that is beneficial to the bottom line of their business. And then they're choosing the values and the morals that they want to express when they run their business. Let's take, for example, Nike running Colin Kaepernick ads back in 2019 or 18, whatever year that was. That was controversial. What Nike was doing was saying, we stand for something. And those of you who don't agree with what this person stands for, we don't stand with what you stand for on this topic. And I'm positive that Nike knew that they were going to catch a lot of flack and that they were going to hear a lot of crap. They also knew that they were going to get a lot of people who were singing their praises. And they were choosing to disregard the fear that exists when we're faced with deciding, are people going to agree with us or not on this? How are people going to respond when they see this? Nike threw that fear out and made a decision and said, we stand for this. And that galvanized an audience of people who feel the same way. And yeah, it repelled a group of people who feel differently who were previously paying Nike. So yeah, Nike probably lost some clients in doing that. I think Nike is doing okay. See, here's the thing. If you stand for nothing, then you stand for nothing. It's important for people to be able to trust you, that they understand you have something in common with them. You're credible in what you're talking about. You act and are the part that you describe being, and that your intent is sound for them. You don't do that without saying anything that could get you in trouble. So, I believe this could get me in trouble and I'm okay with it. Above being inclusive, businesses must be profitable. So if you're a business owner, I believe that before you start thinking about being inclusive, you must start thinking about being profitable. Before you start taking action, you need to determine if being more inclusive will make you more profitable. And I believe it will. So the reason that I believe you should try to make your businesses as inclusive as fits your morals and values boils down to above and beyond. You're going to feel good about it when you go to bed at night. It's going to make you more money. And I was talking to both Athena and to Chloe about this. I believe that when a group of people want other people to change the way that they behave, to make it easier for them to step into the businesses that the owners operate, the marginalized group of people 
should be considering, is this a good business decision and how? Is this a good business decision and how? Because if you're telling me that I need to throw out all of the furniture that I have in my gym because large bodied people won't be able to sit in chairs with arms. And if they see them, they will be intimidated by them. I'm thinking about how much it costs me to purchase that furniture and how much it will cost me to replace that furniture. And if you don't explain to me as a business owner, the way that Athena did that large bodied people will find it easier to come to your gym and they are looking for gyms that they can find it easy to come to. If you have chairs without arms in them, then I'm not going to change my furniture because I could change my furniture and go six months or a year before a large bodied person even walks in the door. So what did I do it for? How do I let people know that I changed my furniture without pandering to an audience? These are the things that if you represent a marginalized community and you're listening to this show right now, these are the things that I believe are incumbent upon you to do to accelerate your mission. It doesn't sound fair. It doesn't feel like it's something that you should need to do because we want people to just do the right thing. The question though is what is the right thing for those people? And everybody, let me backtrack a sec. Most business owners are going to choose to put food on their table and on the table of their staff above making everybody who would come into their gym feel comfortable. They need to be taught by you consistently how making the changes that you're asking them to make is going to make it easier for them to put food on the table for themselves and their team. Active lifers, I have good news for the fitness professionals out there. If you are ready to build a rock solid coaching and training practice, the best place to start is in the Active Life Seminar. Hosted live and online, you're going to learn our signature nine point movement assessment system, rules for training and programming with pain, and how to make sales feel natural, so much more. Check out the link in the show notes for more information. I promise you, Business owners are already dealing with a lot of stress. And when we start to look at the hierarchy of needs of an individual, and we superimpose those on the needs of a business, shelter is money. And you're not going to get somebody in the real world who is lacking shelter in their everyday life to start thinking about how to make your life better until you put a fucking roof over their head food on their table and make it safe. They're not gonna think about your safety until theirs is accounted for. And most gym owners, especially their businesses are not safe because they're not making real money. And so their businesses need to benefit from the changes that they are going to make to accommodate your mission. I want to be clear. I believe businesses do benefit from adopting your mission. And I do believe businesses should adopt your mission to the maximum extent of their own moral code. 
there are a lot of things that business owners want to do that they do not do because it will not make them money or because it will cost them money that they can't afford to have it cost them. Many of the things that your mission is asking them to do fall into that category only because they don't understand the financial upside of doing it. That's how you get a mission to move. In order for people to take action to do anything, there needs to be both incentive after the action and a reasonable certainty that when the action is taken, that incentive will be achieved. Without both of those things, nobody is taking action, no matter how good it makes them feel to make you happy. I want to highlight some of the things that Chloe and Athena talked about on the show that I believe gym owners can and should be doing right now, coaches especially. Number one is ask questions. Ask questions to your membership. Ask questions to your friends. Ask questions to people who don't agree with you so that you can learn more about their perspective without being angry with them or shaming them for something. The more discourse we have, the better off we're going to be. Join groups that don't seem to welcome you. Because joining those groups, number one, you might find that you actually are welcome in those groups and they are actually looking to serve you. They just don't know how to and they need a voice from the outside coming in to be the first through the wall so that you can learn the things that you don't have access to right now. Google ain't it, guys. Number three, try things. Try things. And when other people try things and they get it wrong, Teach them how to do it better instead of making them feel bad for getting it wrong and putting their neck out there. The more that you hold other people up for trying things and getting it wrong and providing them support on how they can do it better, the more comfortable you are going to be to try things that you might get wrong because you'll understand how people can and should respond to the actions that you take when you get something wrong with the intent of getting it right. And it will become very clear to you very quickly that the people who would make you, the people who would try to make you feel a certain negative way because of your misstep with the appropriate intention are not a reflection of the action or the intent that you had, but instead are a reflection of the intent of the person who is aiming to make you feel bad. It becomes very obvious and you go from being angry with them to being sad for them. And that's a powerful position to be in. Decide how far you want to go. When it comes to large body individuals, I believe that what is the fitness industry for if not that? What is the fitness industry for if not that? And I want to make a clear distinction here as to why I believe um, it's more pressing, frankly, that the fitness industry makes itself more inclusive to large body. Um, you know what, I'm gonna backtrack that. It's more obviously ROI positive for the fitness industry to make itself inclusive for the large-bodied individual than it is to make the fitness industry inclusive for the LGBTQ plus 
individual. It's more obviously ROI positive. That doesn't mean you should choose one or the other. I believe you can and should choose both whenever possible. I would say, I don't know, 90% of fitness marketing is around body image. 90% at least. Who are we trying to help? Who are you trying to be real with yourself for a second here? Are you trying to help the person who needs to lose or wants to lose five pounds and then look good in a bikini? Are you looking to help the person who can get what they want to do with or without you? They can get it in Zumba. They can get it in CrossFit. They can get it at the commercial gym. They can get it at kickboxing class, orange theory, yoga. Is that the person you're really passionate about getting into your business? Because I'm not. That person's welcome. But if I opened a gym again, they would find themselves as the outlier. The person who would find themselves as the target client for our business would be the one that the rest of the fitness businesses have failed to serve. It would be the person who wants to live a healthy life and enjoy active things despite being 100 pounds overweight, who maybe isn't ready to start talking about losing weight, which by the way, is something that you'll learn on the podcast if you listen with Athena. Maybe they're not ready to start talking about losing weight. Maybe they don't want everything in their life to be about weight. Maybe they want to live an active, healthy, happy life despite the weight that they are at. And nobody has been able to ask them a simple question. What brought you in? What brought you in today? We believe it's so obvious. What brought you in today is you obviously want to lose 100 pounds. You're obviously overweight. And that's obviously what drew you in. When the reality is that's not the case at all. And as soon as you say that, you push them away. My business, if I opened a gym again today, would be to allow the two people who every month are leaving your gym, yeah, you, if you're listening to this, it would be to help the two people every month who leave your gym to find themselves at home in a place that finally understands them. That's what my gym would be. How do you do that? You ask more questions than answers you provide. You devise solutions that meet your members where their problems are. Instead of trying to squeeze your solution into everybody's problem. Because for every gym that holds up images of the people for whom their service worked perfectly, they fail. You, I'm talking to you, aren't posting the people who didn't get the result. You're not talking about the people who didn't get the result. I'm not asking you to post them. I'm not asking you to put pictures up of people who came in and didn't get the results that they wanted to. I'm asking you to acknowledge that it happens. I'm asking you to make it clear to new people who walk into your gym why it happened so that they can avoid being the next person to do it. I want you to tell them what you're going to do if you see the signs that that's going to occur so that you can avoid them becoming the next person who does it. Because every time that we have a client at Active Life who does not get 
above and beyond what they thought they were going to get when they paid us for our services. I lose sleep over it. Whether it's somebody who bought one of our templates, somebody who bought our one-on-one -on -one coaching for individuals, somebody who bought our coach education, or somebody who bought the ProPath for their gym, when they don't get far and away more than they thought they were going to get from it, I lose sleep and we change something. That's how you improve. That's how I know how to improve. And so what could you change in your business to make it easier for somebody who is large body to walk in? What could you change in your business to make it easier for somebody who is LGBTQ plus to walk in? Maybe you don't want to hang a flag in your gym the way that I wouldn't want to hang a flag in my gym. Do you have people who are wearing shirts in your gym that say pride on them? Could you post that on your Instagram? Yeah, that you could do. Could you do education with your coaching staff during a staff meeting in which you ask them to listen to the podcast that I did with Chloe and ask them to discuss it and find ways that you can make your gym better and more welcoming to people in the LGBTQ plus community and make YouTube content, Instagram content, and Facebook content talking about what your staff learned from those podcasts and why you think it's important that you listen to it and why you think it's important to take action on it? Yes, you can do that. Can you make your own podcast talking about what you learned from people like Chloe in the industry? Yes. You can do that. And I promise you, when you do things like this consistently, people who hear that are going to say, you know what, I might be safe going into that place. That's all that it takes. I might be safe going into that place. And then it's your job to over-deliver on that safety when they arrive. That's it. So simple things. You don't need to have male-female on your intake form. You can say gender and just leave a line there. If they want to write something, they write something. If they don't want to write something, they don't write something. And you might be of the mind that there are two genders and I shouldn't have to do that. Great. That's your prerogative. What's the harm in writing gender then and letting people write male or female on there? And if people don't write male or female, maybe start asking yourself questions about why they didn't. And explore it. I'm not telling you to change your mind about it. I'm telling you to explore it and ask yourself, I didn't anticipate having somebody come in and do that. Do I want this person to be in my gym? Yeah, they seem like a great human being. Well, how can I make them more comfortable then? That's all I'm asking you to do. Here's the thing. There's a reason why we're going through this movement here in 2021, where it's becoming more and more difficult for people to say what they want to say and ask the questions that they want to ask to get the knowledge that they want to get. And that reason is because we get so emotional about our causes that when somebody speaks out in opposition of it, Instead of trying to understand where they're coming from and understand how we can better formulate our own message to reach that person in a way that they haven't already been reached, we try to shut it down. 
And I'm not saying you do that. I'm not saying I do that. I'm saying we do that as a society, collectively. And that's dangerous. The reason why I started to move on my opinion about things like calling people obese as compared to calling people large-bodied is because of the way that Athena described it to me when I was looking for information. The reason that I believe it's CrossFit's responsibility to provide clothing that fits large-bodied people, and if they partner with Noble, it's Noble's responsibility to do that, or CrossFit's to say we're not going to partner with Noble on these sizes, and that's okay for that population, is because of what Athena taught me. I didn't feel that way before I talked to her. The reason why I believe it is beneficial for you to have non-gendered changing rooms that are private for the individual is because of what Chloe taught me. The reason why I believe that it is valuable to try to refer to people by the pronoun that they introduce themselves with is because of what Chloe taught me. I acknowledge there is difficulty to all of the things that I just described. There is nuance, there is complexity, and there are landmines all over the place. I get it. I guess I'm asking you to try anyway. I believe that if you try anyway, you are going to find that you will grow not only as an individual, but as a business. When you seek to make everything that you do easier for all of the people who you want to service to access it, more of the people who you want to access it will. I'll end with an example that should hit closer to home, way more every day for you. If you have a member in your coaching business who still doesn't understand something that you believe you've taught them many times. You're faced with a decision to make before you answer the next time that they ask you, how do I do this? The decision that you need to make is, if I teach this person the same thing, the way that I've taught this person in the past, are they going to change? And is it worth it for me to teach this person in a different way if the answer to the first question is no? That's an obvious situation for you when you're in a fitness business. If somebody has been trying to do a squat and every time they do it, they do it wrong. And every time they do it wrong, you correct them. And the next time they do it, they do it wrong again, the same wrong. You can either believe that that person is incapable of doing it right, or you can choose to believe that you have failed to teach that person in a way that they understand how they can do it better. You can cast the blame on them, or you can cast the responsibility on yourself. Making your gym welcoming to Groups of people who right now are telling you, I feel unwelcome. Despite what you believe your efforts have been, 
making your gym welcoming to those people is the same choice. You've been telling them to squat a certain way for years, and they have been demonstrating for years that they do not resonate with the way that you are teaching them to squat. And they need you to teach them differently. If you believe that your gym is already inclusive for all different groups of people, and those groups of people are telling you, I still don't feel that way. Maybe try something new. Turn it Active lifers, I have a favor to ask you. If you enjoyed the show, we pride ourselves on bringing value to you through the lens of bridging the gap between fitness and healthcare. The best way for you to support this podcast is by reviewing this episode wherever you listen. Please give us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. Your support helps so much. Send a screenshot of your review to us on our Instagram account at ActiveLifeRx. As a thank you, we'll gift you a special PDF with the most common mistakes made when working out and how to correct them.